because we know that <laughs> there is no wisdom that we have on our own there is no knowledge that we have on our own there is nothing that we can do on our own accord and in our own strength and ability that can provide any substance anything of eternal value so we come to you aware about our human limitations aware of our shortfalls and our shortcomings and God we say take center stage this evening in our minds, in our hearts, oh God, take center stage. Take center stage, oh God. I want you in your homes, whether you're listening on your way back from work, whether whatever it is you're doing, I implore you just to take two minutes and honor the presence of a king something that we can sometimes become familiar with even in a relatively informal settings um, midweek services or, or midweek gatherings sometimes we can because it becomes routine forget the audience of the person that we are gathering for we're not gathering for man we're not gathering to hear from man but we are gathering to hear from a king We are gathering to hear from a king. So I implore you just to take two minutes and acknowledge the presence of the one we have come to reverence, from the one we have come to hear from. Take two minutes, put it anything that you're doing down. Take two minutes. take two minutes, just two minutes to shut it all down and say, God, I'm here for you. Father, we are here for you. We are here to hear from you. We're ready to learn from you. Father, cover all humanity this evening with your divinity. Take control of our minds. Take control of our lips. And speak through us this evening. Renew us this evening. We lay it all down and say, God, it's you, take center stage. Take center stage, take center stage, take center stage, take center stage, oh God. Take center stage. Take center stage, God. 
You are worthy of it all. You are worthy of our time. You are worthy of our attention. Take center stage. Take center stage. Throw your weight around. Even in this setting. Throw your weight around, oh God. Throw your weight around, oh God. Take center stage. Renew, reform, transform our minds this evening. Transform this evening. Mold, shape. Cleanse, oh God. Do what you want to do. Father, we throw our agendas out the window. And we say, do what you want to do. It's all about you. Heavenly Father, it's all about you. It is all about you this evening. Renew, renew, renew. Renew our minds this evening. Remove any blinds, any scales across our eyes, oh God. Let your word come. And remove the scales from our eyes. Remove the scales from our eyes this evening. Remove the scales from our eyes this evening, oh God. We hold nothing back. We are open. We are open. We are open. We are open. We hold nothing back. Challenge what you want to challenge in us. So that you can do what you need to do through us. Challenge what you want to challenge in us tonight so that you can do what you need to do through us. We withhold nothing from you. This evening we withhold nothing from you. We withhold nothing.
Our minds, our hearts are waiting. They are ready. In this season, we understand that our knowledge of previous years will not take us to where we need to go tomorrow. We understand that what we thought we knew of you is not good enough to help us to operate in the areas and the regions and the dispensations of what you want to do today. So God, we say renew this evening. Hmm. When I was thinking about this service and thinking about quorum and it's it's always a very unique time in God's presence and one that I do not one that I do not take for granted because do not forsake being taught the things of God and the principles of God and how to operate and understand the application of God's word. And when I was thinking about that, when I was thinking about that, about the mantles that God has, it reminded me of the mantles that God has given us as individuals, as a house, as a body, as a church. And the qualifications that we need in order to adequately execute the plans that God would have us do in the positions of authority that he wants us to obtain. And one of the limiting factors is our knowledge. You can have the zeal. I was talking with some friends this week and there's one thing to have the spiritual zeal and to be on fire for God. But if you lack wisdom in certain areas, if you lack maturity, spiritual maturity in certain areas, you limit the effectiveness of what you are called to do. You risk sabotaging those that you are, the assignments that you are called to carry out. So God, this evening we pray, oh God, that you use this time of education and of breaking down of your word to mature us, to provide a better understanding of not only your word, but the applications 
of your word. It's interesting because in the the book of Hebrews 5, verse 12, it says, and it's talking again about spiritual immaturity. It says, for though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the first principles of the oracles of God. And you have come to need milk and not solid food for everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness for he is a babe but solid food belongs to those who are of full age that is those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil I will read that verse again. It says, But solid food belongs to those who are full of age. That is, those who by reason of use have have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. Hmm. What what sticks out to me, it says, for though by this time you ought to be teachers, for though by this time you ought to be teachers. It's all well and good being fed. It's all well and good coming to church on a Sunday and, and, and being you know, gingered up, feeling ready to take on what you need to take on for the week and for the month, for the year. But God has called us to a deeper, has called, has asked some deeper from us. And not only are we to be filled for ourselves, but we ought to be teachers. But because sometimes we do not take or do not do the needful in our own time and really sit down and, and, and exercise and, 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 understand and break down the word of God it means that we cannot be elevated to the next level which is to be teachers so he needs someone to teach us again so at this time God we say as individuals as a house oh God teach us again in any area of our life where we were ought to be teachers, but we are still babes, God teach us again. God teach us again. We are here as your students, oh God. understanding the assignment that you have placed upon us and say, God, teach us again. We want to move from milk to that of solid food. We want to move from milk to solid food. God, teach us again. We are here to learn from you. God, teach us again.
God, teach us again. In this season of acceleration, oh God, accelerate us. But first, ground us. Teach us again. Yes, we want to be accelerated, but we know that unless we are grounded in the principles, we cannot effectively do that which you need us to do. So God, this evening, teach us again. Teach us again. Teach us again. Teach us again, oh God. We are ready to hear from you. And we give you all the praise, all the honor, all the adoration, and all the glory when we returned to you. Thank you, God. Shabadi <laughs> Sele Koraila Brakunda Badi Lebredush Tababala Zebra Turie Kebranon Debra Ista Babadie Korean Tabahasikede Genderebele Kurian Talabrendo Stepehedi. Father, you have heard a cry. Teach us, teach us, didasco us. We're not asking you to fill us with principles of knowledge. We're asking you to do a work on the inside that births spiritual knowledge. Deal with us as with children. Deal with us after the order of children, for you are our father. And we are your sons and daughters. When necessary, Lord, correct us. Where necessary, Lord, correct us, Lord. But deal with us. Lord, as I have said to you in private many times, I now pray with the rest of your family. Don't leave us like this. Don't leave us this way, Lord. Don't leave us this way. To pray, I pray several times in my closet, Lord, don't leave me like this. Don't, don't leave me to my devices. Don't let me end here in this journey of my surrender and conformity to you. Push me, pull me, drag me, kick me flog me twist me but whatever it takes oh god 
to work the man that you have ordained on my inside. A man to whom you can commit the jurisdiction of nations and a generation. Work in me and work through me. We give you thanks and we give you praise tonight in the precious name of Jesus. Somebody put your hands together for the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Tony, if you just take me up in the stream just a little bit in the stream alone. Welcome everybody to the quorum on a Wednesday night. We are here live. I'll just take the keys down uh, significantly. Uh, the overall volume of the keys. Uh, we're here live on a Wednesday night from the London Embassy building. Um, I've got a, an amazing squad with me tonight. Uh, Talayo, who you just heard, lead us in an amazing time of contemplative prayer before the Lord. You know, so many times we, we, we hide behind Rakatamande when we pray. And, and there are times to Rakatamande, don't get me wrong. But I found that many Christians are so used to Rakatamande that we've lost the art of intimate conversation with the Lord. And there are times that call for English. Someone say English or French or Spanish or Yoruba, whatever you speak. But Paul says, I'll pray in the spirit or with the spirit, and I shall also pray with my understanding. You can't outsource some things to the spirit language. There are times where you and God need to have certain intimate conversations. And, and the, 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 the request to be taught is an intimate one. It acknowledges your insufficiency. The Bible says God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. It says a broken and a contrite spirit he will no rise cast out. You know, um, every daddy has a, a weakness in his, in his heart. And his favorite child is usually the one who understands how to exploit that weakness. Uh, every, every man, no matter how grisly and chiseled, has a weakness. And usually the woman who um, gets access to both him and his money <laughs> is the one who understands how that weakness works, you know. The one who knows how to rub that head, you know, usually gets what she wants. And, and I have found out that with God, nothing rubs his head like an acknowledgement of insufficiency. Hear me by the Spirit. God is drawn to people who know that they don't know. Who act like they are not anything. And that's why whenever, whenever a man begins to outgrow his boots, if it's a man he loves, he will warn him. He'll say to David... Um, David, when I found you, you were in the sheepfold. And if you've offended him enough, he'll tell you after he's replaced you like Saul. Notice God told Saul and David almost the same thing. If you look at the scriptures, almost the same thing. He said, when I found you, you were nothing, and I made you something. He tells David while there's still hope of repentance. He tells Saul after he has passed judgment. Uh, but, but I learned from comparing the two cases. Uh, Natalia, good to see you. Natalia, see you know, I've got two, two Natalias in, in the wider kingdom culture family. So Natalia C and Natalie. Two Natalias and a Natalie. Good to see you. Um, and so I discovered that God is drawn to men who are aware, hear me, and constantly verbalize their insufficiency. So I keep saying, when you hear me pray certain prayers, I, I haven't stolen money. I'm not cheating on, because people think, oh, this man is probably cheating on his wife. That's why he's saying, have mercy. No, 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 nothing of the kind. 
I have, I have areas in which God is constantly dealing with me, but not what you would call Ten Commandments in at all. Uh, but, but thirdly, I also discovered that God seems to be attracted to people who publicly acknowledge their insufficiency. It's one thing to be aware. It's another thing to verbalize it to him. It's a third level of humility. And even if you don't feel humble, it will humble you. Publicly acknowledging your insufficiency without him. And that's why I'll do this till the day I die. I'll never be big in my eyes. Because God and I both know what I look like when this grace is lifted. And I don't mean what I look like as a preacher or as a minister. I mean what I look like as a human being. I'm not a very good specimen of a human being without the grace of God. And so, Father, we just invite your presence here tonight again. Teach us, mold us, shape us. We give you praise and glory. In Jesus' name we pray. All right, let's get the Bibles out tonight. We can, we can take the keys down completely. Um, whew. Thank you, Jesus. We are now... I know the number, but I don't feel like saying it. We're 50-something. I know the exact number, but I don't feel like saying it. We're 50-something days away from the Kingdom Culture Summit. Um, Naomi, good to see you. Welcome. Pastor T, good to see you. My girlfriend, I'm going to say Rev's girlfriend, good to see you. Pastor Tunji, good to see you. Peniel, good to see you. Tony, okay, well, you're here now. Good to see you. Um, now... The Kingdom Culture Summit, for the, if, you, if you found Kingdom Culture in the last three years, then we apologize and we, we, we deeply apologize that we have starved you of the summit. Um, this will be your first summit and it will not be your last, I can assure you. Um, but we, we got an instruction to suspend it in 2019 and then we had a prophetic encounter when my mother in the Lord Bishop, uh, Pastor Chichi Bismarck came uh, to minister for us at the first time in August 2019. And, and God told us we would be parking for a while. We had no idea a pandemic was coming at the time, even though he did give us advance warning later. And then we've had three years in which there's about two years, so 19, then two years, 20 and 21, in which there's been no Kingdom Culture Summit. So this will be the first time in three years we've had the summit. The summit is an in-gathering. It's a, 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 a stake in the ground moment. It's the the beginning of a new apostolic cycle for us as a house, usually every year. It's, the, it's a point at which the old word merges into the new word, and we run. We gather from our different cities and nations, physically and online. We have a week-long transaction. Someone say transaction. Uh, and this time, it's almost an entire week. It's Tuesday to Sunday. It's not a time for teaching alone or for inspiration or miracles or worship. These things will happen. But it is supposed to be a transaction in which we are conformed, converted, and imparted to go back to base. I'm going to say back to base. For some of you, base may be 30 minutes from the summit's venue. For some of you, it may be a different country or continent. But we're going to go back or we go back with an enforcement power. This year, I have it on good authority from the Lord that in addition to all these other things, that this year is supposed to be a megaphone. Um, we were planning a real little tiny little rascally little thing this year. We were actually going to do it in the embassy. Shows you how small it was going to be. And the Lord said, no. 
Because one thing he said was that for us as a house, but also for us as individuals, that the summit was supposed to be an announcement transaction. In essence, it was supposed to be a seal of approval to the world from which we would begin to function on a different level. Um, I'm saying that because it has bearing with what we're dealing with tonight. Mm. And I told you guys, I'm not the awesome man of God some of you think I am. I'm a little scared boy on the backside of the wilderness who looks and sounds important when he's under the influence of God. But when God and I are in private, he knows that I know that we know that, you know, I'm really all that very many of you would be far more impressive with the same grace I enjoy upon your life. What you see is majority grace and very little of me. If God took the grace that he's blessed me with and put it upon you, many of you would do far better. And that's the beauty of grace. It, 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 the Bible says that not many wise and not many qualified are chosen. The race is not to the swift and the battle is not to the strong. And, and, and I never failed to remind him like I did this evening that you deserve better than me. But I said all that to make this point. The Lord's been dealing with me and he's been saying, Izzy, you know, God has different names for me. There's times he calls me Olumide, it's my Nigerian name. There's times he calls me Son. There's times he calls me Israel. And there's times he calls me Izzy. Um, I think trouble is actually, hmm, trouble used to be Illumide, but it's, it's changed recently. There used to be a time when he called me Illumide, I thought, ah, what have I done? But easy is when he wants to say something that is designed to be a rebuke, but he wants to say it nicely. He said, Izzy. Are you ready? for what's on the other side of November. Now, if you know God well, you know that he never asks a question because he's unaware of the answer. Um, it's one of the things you learn when you walk with the Lord to, to dread his questions. Because many times when God asks you a question, it's for one of two reasons. You might want to write this down, you know, in true Quorum style. Let's do some teaching on how this spirit called Yahweh works. When God asks you a question, 80% of the time it's for one or two reasons. Reason one is he wants you to snare yourself. Snare. In essence, he has, a, he has an opinion about something. He wants to get you on record so he can use what you say against you. AKA, when Nathan was sent to ask David what to do about the man who stole the other man's sheep. Hello. But the second reason why God may ask you a question most of the time is he wants to call your attention to something he already knows so he can get you on board so both of you can address the matter together. Now, I knew this question was coming, which is why I told many of you, some of you on, uh, in person, and I think I said it while preaching a few weeks ago, that I spent the entire month 
of four or five weeks from the end of August till last week hiding. Um, I prayed, I fasted, but I was resisting an invitation to certain dealings with the Lord. Now, I know I cannot, I, obviously I'm the only one who is that ungodly and that unspiritual, so I repent. Many of you are so deep and aligned that you don't, you can't fathom the fact that a man could hear God calling him to a dealing floor. And the man is telling God, I'm not ready to be dealt with just yet. And I know it sounds stupid. I know it sounds on, 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 uh, what's the word? on, on irreverent. And I don't advise you to do it. This is one of the times where I tell you, do as I say, not as I do. I wish I could tell you it was different. I'm just being honest. Someone say honest. I want somebody out there like me who is as on. You know, I keep twisting because y'all are sitting there. Do you mind coming this way? People are going to wonder why I'm looking that way. Um, um, I, I, I just, I do this because there may be one other normal human being out there who loves God and, 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 and fears him, but has seasons of weakness who will hear me say this and think there's hope for me. If that person is in the comment section, can you let me know? Oh, you're, okay. Um, if, if you want a man who is so man of Godish that he's always perfect, I'm not your man of God. I know some who seem to be that way. I don't know if they are, but they seem to be that way. I can, I can signpost you. But if you want somebody who will walk in purity and holiness to the best of his grace-given ability, but who will also be honest with you about his moments of less than perfection, I'm your guy. And for five weeks, I said, Lord, I, I, I know what is coming. And can I just enjoy my last season of freedom? Coming, okay, good to know. Good to know, kiddo. And so that season of dealings began in earnest last week. I finally couldn't run any longer. I said, okay, Lord, let's do this. And it's been painful. He said, Izzy, are you ready for November? I said, well, if you mean have I fasted enough, have I prayed enough, have I tapped into the anointing enough, I have another 60 days or so. At the time, it was almost 70 days. He said, you, you, we both know that you know that's not what I mean. And I hung my head. Tony, what he meant was, and bear in mind, I know this from experience. This is not just by revelation. This is from previous experience. He said, I'm about to magnify your, ins your significance and influence. Can I trust you with that magnified level? And I put my head down. Because I knew the answer was no. You're wondering, now for those of you who are on my mailing list, I told you I'm going to make a confession. So this is a confession. We're starting with a confession. Don't worry, I haven't done anything illegal or worthy of being deordained. I haven't stolen anybody's money, I haven't gotten anybody pregnant. Or, or done anything to get any, just, just relax. I'm going to explain, I'm going to make the confession in a second. The answer was no. Because, as I've taught you before, there are levels of yieldedness that are required for certain levels of usefulness. Write that down. 
God can only do through you to the extent that you have allowed him do in you. And usually for God to give you something, he must first have successfully taken something. Let me repeat. God can only do through you to the extent he has been allowed to do in you. And notice I say allowed because there are dealings of God that he does by force. Those don't count. There are times where God steps in and by his sovereignty will put you through a season of dealings because he needs that from you. That's not what I'm talking about. There's things he will forcefully accomplish in your life. That's not what I'm talking about. That's for deeper levels of intimacy with you. In essence, when God wants to be able to walk with you on a deeper level, sometimes he will force certain dealings with you. Good to see you, Pastor Ayo. How's the young prophet and his mother? But when he wants to use you on a deeper level, he will resist the urge to force the dealing because your surrender to it by itself is the qualification for the deeper level of authority. Does that make sense? Again, I'd like to give you scriptures for this. For you to look at the life of David. When God was going to elevate David, there were voluntary dealings. But when he wanted to walk deeper with David, there were involuntary dealings. Just do, do the study yourself across scripture. Look at the, Peter's an example. Paul's another example, right? Just go through, you will see that when it comes to going deeper with God in your surrender to him, there are a season or there are a series of sometimes involuntary dealings. But there is never a time that I have seen in scripture where God occasions a man's rise in authority or significance by an involuntary dealing. Many times the involuntary dealing will be to set the foundation for the voluntary dealing that is to come. And the reason is God is saying, I can't risk more at your whims and caprices than I can trust those whims and caprices. And so God began to deal with me before this five weeks, around the time of my birthday, which is why I was running away, that this Bukar season would be a time for that required extreme sensitivity to an instantaneous response to the Holy Spirit. Number one. Number two, he said to me, it would be a time that would require extreme meekness and power under restraint. Write those two things down. Number one, extreme sensitivity to an instantaneous response to the promptings of the Spirit, meaning you need to be at a frequency where God can grab your attention in a moment and be yielded enough not to need two days to process the dealing before you respond. And secondly, that there would need to be seasons of extreme meekness and force under restraint. And in the last two weeks, is my confession, 
I have failed both tests. Let me start with the, with the second one. Um, let's just say that I have had several opportunities to test my meekness and I have not necessarily taken all of them. No, there have been times I've been very meek and then there are other times I've not been as meek. You know, um, yes. Um, and by meekness, I mean a circumstance occurring where you are well within your rights to puff up like a puffing fish and engage in war. And God says, walk away. And I'm of the opinion that I'm usually a kind of a meek kind of guy. I, my opinion of myself, and I, I'm, I'm not being funny. Pardon? Trust me, that was very meek when I was playing basketball. Or some people would have been hurt if I wasn't meek when I was playing basketball with you guys. Um, but there have been moments in the last two weeks specifically where there's been this rage within me at things that I normally would overlook. And for some reason, one in every two times, I just couldn't walk away. I'll come back to that in a second. On the other front, two nights ago, I had a scheduled appointment with my younger brother. We were going to talk about something. We we're going to catch up, and then there was something we, we needed to do together online. And so we planned it for around my bedtime. And my brother called me at the time. And the Holy Spirit said, don't have the conversation now. Go to sleep. Now, my brother lives in, in a time zone six hours or five hours away from me. So coordinating, in, I'm the oldest, he's the baby of the family. Um, we haven't spoken in a long time. I felt condemned and convicted as to my lack of time for him. The same way I felt condemned and convicted about some of you. I'm, I'm asking God for grace. I feel like I need to spend a lot more time with some of you. And you know who I'm talking about if, 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 you're, if you fit that category. And I promised our leaders recently that God and I were dealing with that and I was going to make some adjustments there. I really feel like my heart's coming out of a season where it's been in a cage and like a bird, it's starting to re-engage relationally. And so I informed the Holy Spirit that it would not be integrous to stand my baby brother up. Yeah, Tony, I informed him, stupidly informed him. And I didn't even give him a chance to respond. I was picking up the call as I was informing him. We had a good chat. We did the stuff we were supposed to do together. I felt very cool with myself. The chat lasted about an hour and a half, or thereabouts, an hour over an hour. I got back to my bed and I couldn't sleep. My peace was gone. But I put it down to the fact that, you know, I'm the kind of guy who, if I'm getting ready to sleep, if I'm drifting off and you wake me up, it takes me hours to return. So I just put it down to, that's me. 
I woke up the next morning. And I, now, I woke up later because I was planning to wake up at 4 a.m. It's one of the reasons why I had to go to bed early. I told you this day, at least once a week, I'm up at 4 to pray. Most days I'm up till late praying, but at least once or twice a week I want to wake up at 4. So those days I go to sleep early. Needless to say, I was still awake at 3.45 because of the time difference when I was talking to him and I couldn't sleep. So I couldn't wake up at 4. I woke up quite late. I woke up disoriented and with no peace. And I tried to... You know when you don't want to just go and say sorry? Anybody been there before? Whether it's with your spouse or your friend, you know you should just lie on the floor and apologize, but you want to rationalize it. So I spent the whole day trying to fellowship with the Holy Spirit. You know, like, come on, talk to me, Holy Ghost. And this is the scary part, Tony. He did. He spoke to me about everything else but me. Spoke to me about the summit. Spoke to me about some of you. Gave me some prophetic inclination that in my conversations with other people proved to be correct. And so I foolishly, now, you know, I knew at a, at a level I knew what was going on. But, but I kind of told myself, well, he can't be that upset with me because he is talking to me. Mm. Yeah, he can be petty, yes. Now, yesterday he needed me to, he, the conversation with me were functional. And I woke up this morning, and after we dealt with all the things he was dealing with me about yesterday that were to do with what he wanted from me, this morning he just wouldn't talk to me. And then I knew something was wrong. It was at this point, I said, so I, I, I took a walk. I said, Lord, now I have the flowers. Now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to prostrate. So he said, now, you know, my long story short, my wife took my car and left it somewhere because it was convenient for her for some reason near the house. And she told me, oh, I'm going to go get the car for you. And I told her, don't go get it. God and I, basically, I'm going, to do, I'm going to walk there. Because I told God, you know what? We need to talk. We need to hash this thing out. And he said, I'll talk to you on your way in that direction. So I said to her, don't worry, I'll pick up my car myself because I'm going to walk there. Now, there was a Tesco car park. And my other car, I left it there over a weekend couple of weeks ago, I came back and the car would not start. So I thought, well, I asked around and I found out it should be safe in the Tesco car park. They told me they wouldn't do anything to it. So I left it there. Um, and I came back another day last week to sort it out and I realized I forgot my keys. And I came back a couple of days later and I realized I went with the keys, but I didn't take you know, it's a jump start pack, you know, something you use to jump start a battery when it's died. And the night God told me, go to sleep, I'd made up my mind that I was going to go there early in the morning the next day and get my car. 
Of course, I was up all night. I woke up late. I was disoriented, so I ignored the dealing. I'm busy apologizing to God and saying, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. It seemed silly. I was talking, I wanted to talk to my brother, I'm sorry. And then I get to where the other car should be. And there is a car parked in the space where I left my car. And it is not my car. I can smile now. I was not smiling a few hours ago, I'll tell you that. There is a different car. So I walked around like, it's got to be a mistake. You know, it's a big car park. Maybe I'm in the wrong. No, I like, no. You know, this is where my car should be. This is the place where I left it. That's the tree. That's the fuel station. That's. And then all of a sudden, I start to panic. And the Holy Spirit starts to laugh. Now, I must confess, it was a bittersweet moment. Because the fact that he was chuckling was comforting. I know him well enough to know he will not be chuckling at calamity. And secondly, for a man who has not been spoken to all day, even a mocking laugh is like a drop of water on a parched tongue. So, I walked into Tesco to complain, but I knew where my car was because he told me. I said, did your car park attendants come and take it? They said, they probably did. Let's make phone calls, blah, 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 blah. Husband said, you're wasting your time. So when they were done and they couldn't find it, he said, now, can you call where you know your car is? So I picked up the phone. Now, what had happened was in between when I left the car there and today, apparently my tax had run out. But I'd forgotten. You know what's coming next, right? So I called the DVLA and I said, can you run this plate number through your system? And I said, yep, we have your car. Can you tell me where my car is? I said, yep, your car is about 40 minutes away from you. All this happened at about 4 o'clock, 3.30 in the afternoon. And when I got up the phone with them, the Holy Spirit said, now let's talk. Now I want to talk to you. Pardon? Oh, yeah. So I had to inconvenience my poor wife. Please apologize to her on my behalf. And take her out of her entire day to drive my grown-up behind to a DVLA car pound to pick up my car. I feel very stupidly embarrassed saying it, but that's what happened. Um, we got there and, you know, in my stress, I left behind one of the documents I needed to prove my car was my, uh, to prove, uh, to pick the car up. And so we took another half an hour longer than it should have. And, and this poor, beautiful woman is in the car waiting for me because of my stupidity. Um, and then eventually we, we sorted it all out. Um, <laughs> at the cost of several hundred of hundreds of pounds which in itself is a painful thing 
And then the Holy Spirit said, now, son, let's talk. He said, the obvious issue is obviously that if you had obeyed me, you would have been, because I asked them when you took the car. And listen to me, they took the car exactly an hour after I would have arrived at the scene yesterday. I know this because I, I usually go to, in that direction of town on my prayer walk. My prayer walk most mornings starts sometime between 9.30 and 10. And then I'll come back home sometime between 11 and 11.30, still praying to get ready for the gap at 12. Especially on a day like Tuesday where I lead the gap on Tuesday. Shameless plug, 12 noon every Tuesday at the gap, I'm the one who leads the prayer. Come through and pray with me. It's part of our prayer culture, apostolic hub. Uh, schedule of prayer and so the car was taken sometime between 11 30 and 12 they told me so that was obvious but God said son can we go deeper he said how can I trust you with nations I can't trust you with something this simple Then he said, let's deal with the fact that even though it was an innocent error, that your car insurance and your car tax ran out and you were not aware. Now, I lie not to you, to lie Tony. While I was dealing with the silent treatment that morning, the Holy Spirit reminded me of every single deadline that I had to do. Ministry business, personal, that was either outstanding or was near outstanding. And the only instruction I heard the whole day was sort those things out. So I spent the entire morning dealing with tax returns and bills and things of that nature. And he said, that's why I dealt with you about that. He said, I forgot is not a valid excuse in this season. Because your innocently forgetting could detrimentally affect the lives and destinies of many. Your forgetting to do something could be the difference between hell running riot in a region and not. He then said, the third thing I want to deal with you about is this. Now, this has happened to me once before, interestingly. And, and that's why I, 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 the, 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 the symmetry was deep. Because the last time this happened to me, this exact scenario happened to me, was in 2010 when we started Kingdom Culture officially in Nottingham. Exact same scenario. 12 years ago, half of a day, a rev to Bukhar. And he said, son, remember then you had to go and pray because you didn't know where you were going to get the money from to get your car out of the pound. He said, look at how much I've blessed you. It was painful. It means there are things I can't do any longer for the next month or two because God and I work with a strict budget, so having money doesn't mean I can spend it. And the punishment for this indiscretion 
is that I have to pay for it from certain income pots. So it's about pray for me the next month or two. But he said, look at how much I blessed you. That you could just call your wife and say, because you had another car to go get it. And the money was in an account to be spent. He said, son, that's not your money. It's in your account. But it's not your money. It's my money. What good could have been done with, whose life could have been changed with this money? And I began to think about certain people around the world I know who I would rather have given that money to than spend it on resolving a matter that arose because of my stupidity. And then the final thing that really caught me was this. I can't go into details too much because it involves another person's personal affairs, but within reason, this much I can say. So I was supposed to take a trip, or I had been planning, you know, it was still in the works, but I'd come to the conclusion that I was going to, if, you know, everything worked together, take a trip to another country next month. In fact, said trip was one of the reasons for my lack of meekness in the last two weeks. Somebody, I'm, talking, I'm talking about myself and somebody, and if they hear this, they'll probably laugh because they know. So I, I wasn't very meek in a particular matter that came about as a result of something to do with that trip. And I'd already scheduled a conversation with the person to address my lack of meekness. And I was going because primarily amongst other things, there are two, two major reasons I was going. One was I believed that, our, uh, that I needed to visit that, that, that nation because there was a kingdom culture missions based there that I have not been to since the pandemic. And I'd planned to go early next year. So my initial plan was the first few months of next year I would go. But then the second reason why I felt I had to go at this point in time was a covenant brother of mine is, uh, is holding an important function that has to do with a member of his family. Let me just put it this way. He, he is, he's burying a loved one. Uh, and so dear is he to us and so significant was this event to our hearts that Pad gave me permission to miss our wedding anniversary and her birthday, which happened to be on the same day, 6th of November, hint, hint. You can send all the gifts to her, even the wedding anniversary gifts, you can send them directly to her, not to me. It's her day. Um, and she prayed about it and said, you know what? This person is, this relationship is so significant that I wouldn't mind if you left. And this morning, while God was not talking to me, I went online to try and secure flight ticket. And again, the God who was not talking to me simply said, no. Now, I initially thought the no was because he was upset with me. 
Because remember, he told me, the only thing he said to me prior to that was, everything you've been procrastinating, deal with today. So I went through tax returns, this, that, that, blah, blah. And then I got to, okay, ticket for trip. And when I was online looking for one, I actually found one that was not bad. It was a great deal. And he said, no. Now remember, two days ago, I had informed him that I had to disobey an instruction or a nudge. Let's call it a nudge. Not to speak to my younger brother at that time because it would violate my integrity. And here I was making the same mistake again. I said, Lord, I can't cancel this trip at this point because I have promised my brother I'll be there. But because I knew what happened the two days ago, I said, well, Lord, we'll have to discuss this some other time, so I won't buy the ticket now. We'll discuss it. And the reason he said to me, no, let me take that back. My discernment, I heard the no, but what the no came externally. The understanding that came internally was, this is not the time to take that trip. You and I need to work through some things in sensitivity in anticipation of November. In essence, I need, I, I can't have you on the road because I need you in the secret place tuning some things. So I said, okay, Lord, we'll come back to this conversation. It was at that point I began my journey to where my car was discovered missing. Tony, I lie not to you. I was at the counter paying an exorbitant amount of money. I actually almost considered just letting the car go. Pun? No, 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 oh, no, 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 definitely not, Optimus. No, no, no. No, this was the Audi. This was the, the black Audi. Um, I was, I, 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 I said, you know what? I'll just let the car go as my punishment. But then I did, I was like, that's stupid. You don't let something worth thousands go because of hundreds. But I, that, that was how frustrated I was. I was at the counter paying. I was literally putting my card in the machine. You know, I was, <clears throat> and my phone rang. Now, I didn't pick it up because I was there. When I finished the machine and I checked who called me, it was this brother of mine. And so when we eventually spoke, as soon as he picked up the phone, I joked. I said, they sent you to me, right? I knew. I said, they sent you to me. What did they say? And he laughed and he said, what do you mean? And so my brother says to me, no, not, not biological, but covenant brother says to me, I was praying this afternoon. This was around the time I was on my walk. Right? He said, and I heard, the, he told me a phrase he heard. I'll keep that between me and him. And he said, as soon as I heard it in my spirit, God told me to tell you that as much as I want you at this event, he needs you to stay behind because he knows about the summit. He needs you to stay behind and prepare for the transaction that you and him are going to have in November. He then goes on to say, because there is an increased realm of responsibility that's coming in November. 
and he says he needs you to be sensitive and ready for it. I began to weep in my car. Pardon? I began to weep. Um, so I told him about what happened. And I got off the phone. And I very nearly canceled the quorum because I thought, Lord, how do I go preach to your people? How do I go teach them about yieldedness and alignment in this moment? And the only way I could justify it was coming to expose myself. I thought, I told you before that I, I only ever teach from a place of what God has perfected in me or what he is perfecting in me. And if he is perfecting, I'll confess. So I thought the only honest and integrous platform from which I could minister to you today would be to open my wounds and expose my deficiency. I couldn't come and tell you, you know, this is a season for alignment and not say, well, <laughs> some of us are also dealing with misalignment. And then the father said, said, son, let's talk. You don't have this room for error at certain heights of jurisdiction. This is the difference between the anointed man and the man of spiritual authority. The gifts and callings of God are without repentance. The jurisdictions of God are not. Let's balance scripture. God will never remove a gift, an ability, or a dimension of his anointing. Lucifer is still anointed, but he fell from heaven. Saul never lost the anointing as king. That's why David says, how can I touch the Lord's anointed? Saul never lost the anointing, but he lost the throne. He lost the jurisdiction. Are you hearing me, somebody? Moses never lost the anointing, but he lost the right to lead Israel into the promised land. Now, I spoke to you about a lack of meekness. Some of it was to do with people in the house, people who, you know, whose pastor and leader I am. Some of it may or may not have been to do with my wife. That's a different matter for a different day. And then God began to ask me, he said, son, would you trust you? With what I have shown you is coming. 
we all think we're good people, don't we? We we all have a tendency to maximize other people's flaws and because we know we mean well, right? We know we're good people. We we know at the depths of our hearts that we are decent people. And God said, son, I can I can I can debate decency in intimacy. I can't debate decency with function. Who do you want operating on you in a on a hospital bed? A decent surgeon or a or or a fornicating one who knows what he's doing? Be honest. A decent man who may leave a knife inside you or a skilled rascal. Who do you want repairing your car at the mechanics? An alcoholic who knows everything to know about the car. Or a choir boy who will fix your car and leave it empty of oil and give you the key to drive home with a car with no oil inside and knock your engine. I read about a story like that recently of a guy who took his car to, to get repaired and the, the people that were so, were so nice, so beautiful, customer service was perfect. He thought, wow, I found the best garage in the world. And then when he picked up his car, 10 minutes into the journey, there was a bang. And when the car was towed back, it turns out that the, the amazing guy, Miranda, I wish it was, I wish it was so, I wish it was funny. I could see the laughter, but I, I wish it was funny. Uh, the, the, the amazing guy who was so nice had forgot to put oil, they drained the oil to change the oil and forgot to pour oil in. Listen to me, listen to me. The car did not take into account the, 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 the decency or the, what's what I'm looking for now? The car didn't take the purity of heart into emotions. It just knocked. Because when you don't put oil in an engine, it knocks. No matter how good of a person you are, if you don't do something you should do, something wrong happens. Well, you were the one who prayed today and said God should teach us, so this is your fault. See, there's things I don't want to say because I don't want to be held. You know, I, I want God to hold me to account in private. I don't want to say some things. I know you guys will hold me to account publicly. But I, I, let me give some examples. If a father forgets a child's birthday, did he mean well? If it was an innocent forget? Is he wicked for forgetting the birthday? But if that causes that child to feel a sense of rejection, does the child's sense of rejection depend on whether it was intentional or not at surface value? So if you're going to be a father or a spiritual father, is he? 
you will have to understand that the lives of people and the well-being of realms and regions depend not on the goodness of your heart, but on the dealings of God with you that enable you function at a particular level of responsibility. Yeah, who sent you the prayer? Because I was, I was wrestling, you know. I said, okay, Lord, I'll just make the confession about the car and move on. And Revelation chapter 3. But then Tilayo began to pray. So I said, okay. We will all take the cane together. But it gets worse. Because a time comes... Where, because God needs what he has invested in you. Say, okay. Take the influence. Take the elevation. And he usually starts preparing your replacement at that point. Because he knows what's about to happen. He knows you're about to crash. Hear me. Not every failure is the devil. Because in, on the drive on the way from the car compound till here. Actually, that started in the morning. I told you, the only thing he said to me this morning was, several things you've been procrastinating, you need to deal with them. So I got them again to walk me through the last 13 years of my life to see how many rods I had made for my back because of procrastination. Now, did the devil use? Yes. Did he hijack? Yes. But God said you could have taken the possibility of the hijack away from him if you had been more mindful. Whether it was in your relationships with certain people, whether it was getting certain things done that should have been done, right? Whether it was addressing a matter before it escalated. He said... He said, so son, this your issue, this your scatterbrainness. And if you know me well, you know I can be a bit of a scatterbrain. It's one of my flaws. So see, let me confess. Many times when you hear me say, God, have mercy on me, part of it is down to this, you know, God and I have been dealing with this for months. God has said, son, see, you can't govern nations from me, for me, if you're scatterbrained. So when, I say, when I say sometimes stuff like, Lord, you know, just, you deserve better than me. That's part of it. You deserve a person who can follow through without being distracted. I told you guys before that if, if, if you put me through a diagnosis, I probably would be diagnosed with ADHD. I exhibit all the classicals. I'll, I'll be honest with you, right? I exhibit all the classicals. I get easily distracted. I juggle too many things at the same time. And then I start, I mean, I, I, I enter a room wanting to pick up something. And then I see seven or eight other things I need to do while I'm there. That's why he gave me Dorinda, right? Yes. Um, yes, so he'll help me to be meek with Dorinda. Let me move on. He'll give me grace to be meek with Dorinda since he gave me Dorinda to deal with that. It's also why he gave me the wife he gave me to marry. Um, so he'll help me to be meek when, you know, sometimes people are trying to help you and you just, you, you, you may not like the manner in which they're trying to help you, but you need to realize they're trying to help you. Yes, note to self, Izzy. Um, 
And then he began to ask the question. I was in a meeting yesterday morning. I was invited to be part of a prophetic panel. Hear me, a multinational organization called together a panel of prophets to speak into its next season. The board of a multinational organization, Tilaya. If I call their name, you know them. Multinational organization with, a, with, with, with Christian leadership. So it's a social justice-led, uh, you can call it a social justice-driven company. They, they decided that as, because they know, they discern too, that the world, they're entering a season of Bukhar. And so they called a morning prayer meeting of their board of executives and invited a panel, a handful of prophets. You could count us on one hand, right? With change. And I had the privilege of being one of them. Until I, I was in awe as God began to speak. It was crazy. The same dude who God was upset with. Like I told you, remember I told you that yesterday, God and I were on fleek prophetically. I wrote things down and I said them in the meeting and I saw jaws drop. I, I, I saw, the, you know when you can see a person's facial expression and you know this is accurate. Now, if, you, if, you, if you're not a prophet, you don't know that. But if, you, if you've ever prophesied to somebody and you can literally see them melt, it's a, it's a good feeling, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Till the point where at the end of the meeting, as we're about to leave, something God had kept telling me throughout the meeting that I didn't want to say. He says, you must say it. So I addressed the head of the organization with what God was saying. And it turned out to be, if it was any more on point, it would, if, see, if, you, if you hit the bullseye any harder, you break the dartboard. It was bang accurate. So here I am giving direction to a multi-million pound, of, I mean, multiple millions organization per year with, 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 with branches in every continent of the world. And God is bringing direction for business, for focus, right? For organizational restructure. God is literally re orienting the the direction of this massive beast of an organization and then he begins to deal personally with the affairs the personal affairs of its leaders through the same vessel that he can't deal with about a conversation and a car so God asked me God said son that 400 pounds you wasted today. Oh, I, I, probably, I wasn't going to say the exact figure. The 400 pounds you wasted today is perhaps a hundred thousandth of the annual turnover of this organization. Why should I trust you with that beast if I can't trust you? 
with this tiny little thing. I like, um, 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 Tony Kai, can I get the keys? Um, um, um. The people you had the run-ins with this last week or two with the lack of meekness. If I can't trust you to be meek with those who you are familiar with, your inner circle, what happens when somebody provokes you in a presidential villa when you're discussing the direction of a nation? Here you were again, about to inform me again that your integrity was more important than my instruction. Till I had to raise the person. You, oof. God is petty, like you said, right? He could, God could have sent anybody, right? It, it almost felt like the prophet who diverted from his course when the old prophet. God told him, go straight home. He says, well... The old prophet says, come with me. And then it's the same person who tells him, come with him. God now uses to tell him, you're going to die for the disobedience. Pardon? Neither do I, but it's, it's, it's in the Bible for a reason. So ladies and gentlemen, um, let's go back to Revelation. So what was supposed to be my sermon for tonight? Let's go there, shall we? Revelation chapter 4. Chapter, chapter 1, sorry. The book of Revelation chapter 1. You remember this from two and three weeks ago when I preached part 1 and part 2 of the series. I'll have to come back and do part 3 next week. But one of the things God was rebuking me about this morning until I was... When are you going to finish how to hear from God? Well, well, pray for me. Um, and for those of you who've asked me before what you can pray for me about, this is one area you can pray for me. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, it, it's medical. It's, it's not just... It, there's days where I literally struggle to do anything but spiritual stuff when it comes to executive functioning, planning, following through. My brain just goes tss, tss, tss. Um, and thank God he's giving me a great team of people around me who are sensitive to that. I would probably have gotten fed up with myself a long time ago. Revelation chapter 1. Verse 9, let's put this on the screen. Oh, Jesus. Marie Tolade. Revelation 1 9. The Bible says here, now uh, we've talked about Revelations 1 8, 1 1 to 1 8. 
So the title of this video, just look for part one and part two from two and three weeks ago, and you will see we've broken down verses one to eight. But I want to focus on verse nine tonight in the light of what I've just shared. I, John, who also am your brother and companion in tribulation, listen, and in the kingdom and patience. Someone say kingdom and patience. Let's look at those two words. Kingdom, you know, there's no time, but kingdom, that basilium means the authority. But let's look at the word pa Holy Spirit. I don't want to get I, patience. Should I just keep moving? Time. Okay, I don't have an answer, so let, let me just carry on without doing what... Me, the, the word patience there, if you look at it in the Greek, literally means... Okay, thank you. Yes, Lord? Yes? 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 Okay. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Give me permission to look at it. Let's look at the word patience. Remember, it's beside the word kingdom, Right? Before we go there, let's look at this first. So before we go, let's look at this first. So he says, uh, mm, 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 help me, Holy Ghost, help me, help me, help me. Okay, so verse 9. Let's look at kingdom and patience. Thank you. The word kingdom is the word basilia. It means the authority, the jurisdiction. That's what November is for many of us it is a transaction of ascension into a higher dimension of kingdom when israel said will you restore the kingdom or the apostle said would you restore the kingdom to israel he wasn't talking about the land mass he meant would you make israel once again in charge as opposed to being in slavery so we all want the kingdom let's look at the word patience it's the word hypermony Uh, one second. Patience, hypermony. There we go. So, G5281. Hypermony, hypomony. Listen. Listen. The character, it means steadfastness, constancy, endurance. In essence, discipline. Right? Okay. Now, let's look at its root words. Or its root word, I should say. Is the word hypomino. Hypomino means to endure, to take patiently, to tarry behind, to persevere. It comes from two root words. Hypo, which means under. Right? Or less than normal, hypotension, right? Hypothemia. Hypotension means low blood pressure. Hypothemia means being low, a lower temperature than should be allowed, right? Hypo. And then the root, the other root word is what mino. Now let's look at mino. Mino means to remain, to abide, to sojourn, to tarry, to continue to be present. Listen. In reference to time, to remain as one, not to become another or different. To abide, continue, be present, remain, tarry, to stand in position. 
in essence, there is a level of discipline, Tony, that is attached to every level of kingdom authority. Basilia and Hypomino go together. John said, I am your brother and companion in tribulation and in the kingdom, the authority and patience, hypomino, of Jesus Christ. The ability to restrain, refrain, control, in essence, to, 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 to be patiently tethered to a situation that is less than optimal for a reason. Mm. Are you all with me? Are you with me? I said, are you with me? Let's keep going. The next verse is just as jaw-breaking. I was in the spirit on the Lord's day. The word Lord, there's the word Kyriakos. Which is one of the root words for the word for church that was translated church in the Greek and Turkish. The Kuriakon. It's different from the Ecclesia. The Ecclesia talks about the church, and every time the word church is used in the Bible, in the New Testament, sorry, it is always the word Ecclesia. But Kuriakon talks about a ceremonial gathering and function at the behest of or to in the direction of a Kuriakon. Or Kyriakos, sorry, which is the Lord. Let me show you that. So let's look at the word Lord in the Greek. The Lord's Kyriakos. In essence, Ecclesia talks about the church as a parliament of function. Kyriakos talks about the church as a temple of celebratory worship to a Lord. I've always taught, unlike some of my brothers in the reformed circles, uh, no, that's not true, some of my brothers in the apostolic move, that God does not have a problem with the Kyriakos. God is not trying to uh, destroy the courier course, the church has a courier course. He's trying to put it in context. In essence, it is primarily an ecclesia around which there's a courier course. Our function is to be God's hands and ears in the life of the world, in, in priesthood and in marketplace uh, authority. But around that should be the concept of ceremonial and, and, and spiritual worship to a Lord, Kuriakos. So, that word Kuriakos there is telling you that he is the Lord. He is the owner. He is the one that is worthy of submission. Let's look at it now. Kuriakos here. It means belonging to the Lord, relating to the Lord. In essence, consecrated. Someone say consecrated. So, 
when, it, when you talk about a landlord, so let's look at the word kurios, the Greek, the root word, sorry, is what kurios, right? Which literally means supremacy. He to whom a person or thing belongs, about which he has power of deciding. Master, Lord, the possessor and disposer of a thing. The owner who has control of the person or the master. A title of honor expressive of respect and reverence with which servants greet the master. This title is given to God or the Messiah. Supreme in authority by implication, master as a respectful title, God, Lord, master, sir. Are you with me, somebody? John says, I was in the spirit on the Lord's day. Let's look at the word day. You know, you know this already. But let's look at it for those who have not been following class for the last 18 months. Those who are new among us, right? Let's look at the word day. It's the word himira. See, it's the equivalent of yom in the Hebrew. It simply means, right? A season. It could be a literal day. It could be a metaphorical day as a time for abstaining from something the last day of a present age or use of time in general. It's in essence, it simply means a season. So John said, after having attained a level of basilia and hypomino, discipline and restraint, I was in the spirit, in the pneuma, on the Lord's day. Somebody say Lord's day. In essence, the day that belongs to the Lord. Someone say the Lord's day. And notice the word Lord there, Kyriakos, is not the Kyrios. Kyrios is talking about the person who is Lord. Kyriakos, which is the word here, talks about the fact that it is submitted to. Let's look at it again for those of you who... who who are wondering what I mean. Let's look at that word career cost again. I, I really hope you get this with me. Career cost here, right? Look at this. Belonging to. Someone say belonging to. In essence, it is a day that is defined by consecration to the Lord. Does that make sense? It's not the day the Lord chose. That's not what it's saying. It's saying this season is a season that will be judged or defined by our level of submission to, sensitivity to, surrender to, and alignment with the Lord. And then when he was in the Lord's day was when he heard the great voice we spoke about last week and he had the encounter with the one who stood among the seven, star, seven candlesticks and held the stars in his hand. Ladies and gentlemen, and I include myself in this. Hmm. And I include myself in this. This season is for the surrendered. 
it is the Lord's day. And so like he was asking me, right? I told you, he said, Izzy, are you ready for what I've been promising? Oh, I've had prophetic words. I've not shared most of them from other people, right? About November. And what's coming on the other side. And God said, if you were me, on account of your recent performance, would you trust yourself with that? Let me help you out. When God asks you that kind of question, there's only one correct answer. Thou knowest. Don't, don't implicate, don't say no. Don't, don't, don't implicate yourself because you don't want your words, you don't want to be sneered by the words of your mouth, do you? So you, so you just say, Lord, thou knowest. And that's why I didn't want to come here tonight. I, I just wanted to go home and find a space on my floor and just, just do business with the Lord. Pardon? Reminds me of a year ago when I told you about my issue. It's almost the exact same time of the year last year when I told you guys about my running with uh, a police stop. And my love, we need to keep making, we, we need to stop making this a, a yearly, I don't want to keep, once a year, I don't want to look like a fool to the people who think I'm an amazing man of God, but, but I'd rather be right with him than right in your eyes. And so I say things like, like I told him, so I said, Lord, I said, God, you know, if it was me, I would be done with myself by now. But just, just have mercy on me. So when I say things like, don't leave me like this, you understand now, right? Don't, don't, don't leave me like this. You've invested too much too much see when you get intimate with God he'll say some things to you that will shock you till I God told me he said he said is it he said no then he didn't come he said Israel he said remember in 2008 when you quit your job I said yes he said you know how all your mentors thought it didn't make sense say yes he said it was a fail-safe I initiated I said what do you mean he says, I knew things would come down the line like this disobedience that in the heavenly council would disqualify you. I knew you would do things or not do things that if, if the council of heaven was to be legalistic, if the justice system of heaven was to function according to the letter, he says, it would disqualify you from your destiny. He says, so I, I caused you to rear up altars along the way that I could point to in justifying my mercy over you. Are you hearing me? That God would move you to do things that he can then in the future say, ah, we can't, we can't throw this idiot away because, I mean, look, a memorial. 
And that's why, you see, you need to be careful. When God calls for certain sacrifices, don't, don't some of you are so, you know, just thinking, okay, so, and the reason why God is asking me is that uh, God asked me to give 5,000 pounds, and that's a sacrifice. So if in one year I don't see 500,000 pounds, then God has not given me a hundredfold. You're an idiot. Because what that 5,000 pounds may be in the ground for, <laughs> oh, Jesus. We were discussing this on my way to the car park this morning before I found the car was missing. This was the conversation. He said, he said, you know that, but for certain things that I instigated you in my mercy to do, by now we'd be done with you. But there are altars that speak. You need to get there in your walk with God where you can have those kind of conversations. So, who wants to join me tonight? Those of you who are perfect, please leave us now. Because we're about to get vulnerable. Um, let me grab my chair. These days, I don't understand. But when I start praying at some level, my legs begin to get weak. I can riata, But then, when, when some dimensions of prayer come my I, I my body literally begins to give way can we just take time and for those of us to whom it applies and just say Lord help me help me meet your standard Help me. Tony, I need to adjust the cameras on my height. Help me. Help me. Tell him, tell him, help me. Help me, Lord. La runama sicredoria bata. Jarindo robos na bretinande brocuria tabrendo shkaba. Zila brokoria branike te brandos tapalika babahati. See, when you hear men write certain songs, you you don't know where some things are coming from. To you, it's a song. Ha. <laughs> Ele romi shabari koria bababo. To you it's a song, to the man it is a revelation. La runa de bredoria bababadi. When Matt Redmond says, when the music fades and all is stripped away and I simply come, I'm coming back to the heart of worship. You think he's talking about the style of music he was playing? No. It will not touch others if it has not touched you. 
When a man or woman stands from a place of authority, there are dealings, many times recent dealings. And you can avoid them and be stranded at a certain realm. That's why we have too many shooting stars, but very few landing stars in the body of Christ. Too many men and women who show up and shine for a season. You can, you can, you can almost predict where a man's relevance faded. By, or you can predict, sorry, where a man refused a set of dealings by looking at where his relevance faded. The world may still celebrate you, sir. The world may, you, you may still be called to a board meeting and, and demonstrate the power of God. You may still stand on a pulpit and God works in signs and wonders. But heaven doesn't reckon with the authority of your voice any longer. There is no hypermino. So there can be no basilia. This is the day of the Lord. It's the day of consecration. The day of being yielded. This is the line in the sand between those who fly. And those who just make noise in this season. On my way to that park this afternoon as I was praying. I was, I do it all times. I will read my Bible as I'm praying. And the Lord took me back to the, the book of Deuteronomy. About how Moses was told by the Lord. Thank you for your service. But you can't enter this land. He said, Moses, I have to be fair. I told the elders of Israel, everyone who murmured over 20 can't enter. I can't keep them out for a lack of yieldedness and let you enter when you strike a rock in disobedience. God let grace be made available work your yieldedness in me work it Lord Anna don't let me strand myself don't let me strand myself Lamele Kuriapa Shalabra Doria Ke.
lendo Lord, you need me to be you accurately. Men and women have to be able to discern your dealings with them through me. Hell, I can't afford bouts of anger and frustration any longer that are not an express manifestation of your displeasure. Rekoria Baba. If I'm upset, it has to be that you're upset. If not, I have to be able to swallow hard and just keep smiling. Help me, Lord. To accurately represent your hands, heart, and feet. To be yielded, Lord. Lande. Kapalilo moroko sedela. Help me, Lord. Help me, Lord. Help me, Lord. Help me, Yeshua. Rekele brandus kapalietola. Labranon telela. Shaka patanala. Reta. Rebayetoma. Ayeko. Shanala monenene muriakara dabori ekela. Hear me by the Spirit, somebody. When you get to the book of Revelation, chapter 2 and 3, when the Lord begins to speak to the churches, to one church, He says, let's look at it together. Revelations chapter 3 verse 1 Can you see it on your screen? Okay, let me share the screen Chrissy, can you help me share the screen if you're still there? Thank you Revelation 3 chapter 3 verse 1 This was the man who just had the encounter I spoke about and he says to the angel, someone say angel. Who is he talking to? He's talking to the leader of a church, of a region. He's talking to an avatar. He's talking to a man who has ascended. It means this man once paid a price of surrender. There was a time when this man was yielded to God. There was a time when this man was fully aligned with God to have risen to that rank of authority. And to this man, he says, I know your works, that you have a name. Someone say a name. 
you have a reputation a, a previous season of surrender gave you a reputation that you were alive you're living off yesterday's alignment but you are what dead someone say dead he says be watchful this is the, so if this is you and i am going to take it on the evidence of the last 24 hours that this applies to me as painful a pill as that is to swallow be watchful and strengthen the things which remain that are ready to die he says for i have not found your works perfect before the lord he then explains remember how you have received and heard and hold fast somebody say hold fast someone say hypermino let's look at the phrase let's look at the phrase hold fast let's look at the phrase hold fast it's the word terio someone say terio terio means look to keep reserve observe watch preserve to hold fast to guard from loss or injury to prevent escaping which implies a fortress of full military lines of apparatus e.g. to note a prophecy <laughs> someone say prophecies must be guarded someone say prophecies must be guarded i know god has promised you bukar i know i know god has said this is your season corporately and privately but ladies and gentlemen of the jury i present to you that for your season to be fully manifest you must preserve if therefore thou shalt not watch i will come on you as a thief and you will not know what hour i will come see bokar is not always positive or <laughs> he's saying you don't know you i'm see i'm good he told the disciples when you see these signs know that it draws near but he then says no man knows the exact day or the hour so it is very easy to discern a season but you don't know the moment in the season for many of us it is our season we know but we don't know the exact moment when he will come what if 
he what if what if today was the day for me what if what if ilamarunia kapalados nefrendiri mahatia father help us help me help me let he that think yet he stands take heed lest he fall a broken and a contrite heart you will in no wise cast out here's my heart here's my heart shika paloria namanturi kapradoliata here's my heart selimbro korianda bratiste plemento prania shalabandie kuriana manze bredi jikaboria kapraninde redela shekoria basunande kilebro koria barunde skepa je prononde brekista ba ronepa Sheke palitoria bahadi jikenumurielebe zane zanele boria kate ilamoria batanindoro kote Help me Lord. I just want to love you and nothing else Lord. Wish me on you. Help me Lord. Always be always be Help me Lord. Always be Help me Lord. I just want to please you and nothing else Lord. Help me Lord. I just want to love you and nothing else be on the microphone and stage be on the place of speaking into the lives of others be on the anointing and the gifting and the power help me to pour out my life completely as a drink offering See, this is my definition of holiness. That's why I say when you hear me saying, Lord, have mercy on me, have mercy on me, I'm jacked up. I'm, I'm not talking about adultery or beating my wife or stealing church. No, no, no. I'm talking about the speed and the depth of, 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 of yes, how, how quickly my yes comes. Do I have to think the yes or is it instantaneous? And if in any season of my life, circumstances emerge where the yes has to be processed, I know I'm in trouble. I know I'm in trouble. I know I'm in trouble. If I need to pray about the yes, if I need to, if it takes me an hour to muster the yes, there's a, there's a, there's a problem. It means, it means I've left the place 
there's a frequency where the yes is internal the how may take an hour but the it's first yes then how but if the how starts if you have to start figuring out that then there's a problem and 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 and, and usually it's a sign that you drifted a day or two in advance hear me man of god god will send you to the temple to judge the king and the whole nation will hear your voice will you die on your way back because you can't yield to instruction say god loves you he won't send you because he knows that on your way back you will branch and eat and the man whose house you eat in will prophesy your lion so you see how it's a protection for many of us erev was a protection and now that Bokar will come because, see, God has a, God has shares in your Bokar. Hear me. See, the, the, it means God is saying, see, I, I, I have something to gain from your Bokar. So it will come. But will it come for your, for his glory in your life? Will it come to make you an inspiration for generations? Or will we, will we teach future generations something negative with your name see there are men walking the stage of glory today see oh maria tema see those of us see those of us who are let me let me say this with some humility because that sounds arrogant those of us who are aspiring to a level of communion with the holy spirit the people some of you clap for god is using to correct some of us there are men currently in the eye of the world who god tells me study this man so you don't end up like him <laughs> the people whose sermons i listen to tilaya not because there's anything that god wants to teach me from the sermon alone but god is saying i want you to study this man and you tell me listen to him five years ago listen to him three years ago listen to him two years ago listen to him in january listen to him now he says can you see the sliding scale and he'll say don't be like him and then he begins to tell me this is how he slipped through the cracks And it all starts from a desensitization to the dealings of the Lord. It all starts from the breaking of certain things that are not sin, but are deconsecrations. It was not a sin in the Ten Commandments for Samson to touch a dead animal. It was an act of personal consecration it was a personal dealing with him as a nazarite every other person in israel could have touched that lion and god will have had nothing wrong to do with it so before you end up in delilah's lap you usually came from far we usually scream when we see people in delilah's lap but we, we need to learn to start screaming when we see them 
hovering around the lion, not even touching. Man of God, woman of God, sir, ma, Christian, bro, sis, what are you doing around the lion? What, what, what are you doing violating a personal, consecrational instruction? Oh, I forgot to mention that before the issue with my brother happened, God had told me a couple of days before, for a short time, this your hobby. Don't leave this hobby alone for now, for a little while. A week, two, we'll see. But he said, for the next few days at least, this hobby on you, no. And what my brother and I had agreed to deal with was something to do with the hobby. I don't know, I'm not doing the hobby. I'm just, just, you know, he won't be able to, we won't be able to sort this out if we don't do it now. And of course, you can't sort it out without some interaction with the hobby. And that was the beginning for me, for the last 48 hours of rebuking and... So it's like, I, 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 I'm maybe your pastor, but I'm God's son. And I've, I told him this afternoon, I said, Lord, see, I said, Lord, primarily, I'm heartbroken that I broke your heart. I said, you deserve better. I said, but Lord, I, I've come too far for you to abandon me now. I said, Lord, I've, I've come too far. You can't, you can't leave me here. You can't leave me here. You, you, you deserve to leave me here. I deserve to be left here. But, Eshanumi, my mother's tongue, Eshanumi. One of my favorite songs, I heard it last year for the first time. It says, Modupe Morianuba. Anu means mercy. Morianuba means I found mercy to collect. The Bible says, Esau sought for repentance. He didn't say for mercy. He sought for repentance and he couldn't find it. Repentance is not remorse. Repentance is a change of paradigm. So that could have meant one or both of two things. Either Esau really wanted to change and he couldn't find it. But I'll tell you what I think it really means. Esau was asking for his father to change his mind and Isaac told him I can't the blessings already gone does that make sense not everybody who seeks for mercy finds it you can find forgiveness yes it always be there but if God is convicting you about something it's a blessing, rejoice, because a time will come where he doesn't bother convicting you anymore. Because the judgment has been written. You've quote and unquote sinned against the Holy Spirit. In essence, you can't feel remorse anymore. You, you, or, or God stopped dealing with you about the thing because there's nothing your obedience will accomplish at that point. Jesus told the disciples, sleep on. Remember, he kept saying three times, wake up and pray, wake up and pray. By the, time, by the third time, he said, sleep. Prayer won't work at this point. So just enjoy your sleep because the deed has been done. The, 
the, the, the, the, the transaction has been conducted. Let's 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 bring this corporately to a close tonight, so we can all go to our homes and unlock ourselves in our rooms and and just deal with God privately. Um, I told you I didn't I didn't call the number earlier on. I feel the release to do it now. We have exactly fifty five days to the summit. Five is the number of grace. Someone say 55. Someone say grace. Grace. 50 is the number of jubilee. The release of consequence. I now know why I'm not going anywhere. Unless God retraces that instruction. But for now... I have 55 days to, to be the man he wants to crown. To secure his investment in me. And I care more about that well done than my reputation. So I hope you will join me on this journey. That even as a house of people, It'll be less about us putting on an amazing conference that the whole world can clap for and us conducting a transaction in a state of worthiness where heaven can smile and say, yes, now hand them the baton for their generation and their nations. Father, give me a tender heart. Give me a tender heart. Give me a heart that yields to you. Give me a prepackaged yes. Even in the mundane, even in the silly things. Ladies and gentlemen, um, I don't know how to close the night, so I'm just going to close it here. If you haven't registered for the summit, please do so. Um, be prepared for a season of dealings if you're coming. I can guarantee you, if God ordains for you to be there, he, he will start dealing with you along these lines now. So uh, welcome to the room of pain. If you want to give your tithe, offering, a gift to the summit, anything else, to any of the projects we're running here, Kingdom Culture, to prayer culture, the media project, the pastoral support for, not for us, for ministers around the world, uh, orphanages and things of that nature. The details are on your screen. If you want to be a partner for the summit, please do so. Um, some information will be coming your way soon as to how you can officially partner with the summit as an organization or business. But if you want to give over free will, the details are on your screen. Um, remember that we have three prayer meetings every day as part of our prayer culture apostolic hub. It's a non-denominational movement. Um, we'll come to that in a second. I forgot to mention that starting this Sunday, um, starting this Sunday, uh, our atonement season consecration journey begins. Rosh Hashanah. Uh, we have 10 days of fasting and prayer, daily praying on Zoom and YouTube. 
at 7 p.m. every single day. At least set the 7 p.m. watch the altar. A few of the days, like every Tuesday and Friday, will also be special times at the press. Uh, we may do something special for Morning Drops of Glory. We'll see how the Lord leads. But put the dates in your diary. And next week, Saturday, the 1st of October, in between the consecration journey, is the next Forge 12 hours of prayer. I think we all know <laughs> what our focus is going to be at the Forge in this same studio I'm in right now and broadcasted virtually. We're going to be crying out to God for the grace for yieldedness that we may stand in the spirit on the Lord's day. In the Lord's day. In the Lord's day. And of course, every day, morning drops of glory, 6.30 UK time, prayer culture, the gap. Morning drops is a time of, in, uh, of intimacy and corporate fellowship with the Holy Spirit. The gap is a time of intercession for nations, cities, regions, and the burden of Christ in the earth. Every day at 7 p.m. in the evening, the altar is a time of prayer for revival, reformation, and personal needs. And twice a week, a Tuesday and Friday at 11 p.m. UK time, we have the press. The press is the time for this kind of prayer. To go deeper with God in surrender, yieldedness, and to press in deeper realms of his surrender to him and use and anointing by him. Um, every day, every week at 7 p.m. instead of the altar on a Wednesday, we have the quorum, which is where you are right now. Um, it's a time of teaching and spirit encounter as you have seen tonight. Spread the word, subscribe to this channel and all the other channels. Uh, if you have not subscribed to the Prayer Culture YouTube channel and the Prayer Culture Telegram channel, so you can be informed of what goes on with Prayer Culture, do so now. And finally, this coming Saturday, this Saturday coming at 1 p.m. in the afternoon, uh, we will be having an emergency meeting. Is it 12 or 1? I need to confirm the time. I'll confirm that over the next few days. We're going to have an emergency meeting of the Prayer Culture Apostolic Hub to discuss our next season of function and yieldedness to him as an apostolic community of intercessors. So to be informed of more details concerning this meeting, make sure you're part of the Telegram channel. The details are on your screen at the bottom. Have an amazing time in the presence of God. Stay on your face tonight. Apply pressure to yourself that the oil of yieldedness may emerge. Love you guys. See you soon.
just want to love you all together. And the love not their life, they will not do that. I just want to love you unto death. Oh, where's me on? I just want to please you unto death. Oh, where's me on? I just want to please you unto death. Oh, where's me on you? I just want to love you unto death. Oh, the reason why you are begging for your life is because you still have something in this world to live for. None of the apostles begged for their life. None. None. Instead, some of them were contemplating whether they should go or they should stay. None of them begged for their life. Because they understood that in life and in death, neither life nor death was powerful enough to separate them from that thing that is called the love of God. I just want to please you. Hey. It's a good day to cry. And the Lord will test our love. And the Lord will test our love for it. I just want to please you unto death. Oh, wish me on you. Hey. I just want to love you. Unto death, oh, wish me on you. I just want to love you. Unto death, oh, wish me on you. I just want to please you. Unto death, oh, wish me on you. Hey. Oh, wish me on you. Oh, wish me on you. Baba, wish me on you. I just want to please you unto death. Oh. 